And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable, the most honorable, the most audible. Hold the applause, like Paul Pierce when he was fresh out the hospital. Welcome like to anything is potable. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional sports fan, and I'm joined as always by the kid. The God, the legend himself, Celtics beat reporter from The Athletic, Jay King. Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you live from the visiting coaches podium. Jay, you had a podium game tonight. I had a podium game tonight. Celtics had a, a team full of podium games, if that makes any sense. They beat the Portland Trailblazers by more than 20 points. I don't remember the exact score. I got to tell you, it was a little boring there at the end. Uh, but it was boring. Tatum it, and Brown sat the whole fourth quarter. Shocking. Can't remember the last time that happened. And considering the the setup with the three straight losses, with the road trip, six-game road trip coming up, felt like Derek White said it wasn't a must-win. He was he, lying. He said it was still <laughs> theoretically possible to win the championship if they had lost tonight. Uh, but it felt like a game that they needed to have to keep the spill from from getting any bigger. Yeah, and I think my biggest takeaway from it was um what's the point of the Blazers anyway? That is a good takeaway. <laughs> I was like, what did what are they trying to do? Why what I, is Dame loyal? It doesn't make any sense. Um why is Tybalt starting and Cam Reddish starting? Like what are you trying to do? as a basketball franchise when you're putting that on the court. But that – It's a bad team. It's a bad team. On both team. ends of the court. They're not good on offense. They're not good on defense. Dame is spectacular, and those other guys just don't really deserve to be out there next to him. Drew Eubanks can tip the hell out of an offensive rebound, though. Like, he did that very well tonight. Nazir Little – had some some bad fouls. That was a, another theme of the game. But other than that, it was just a, a, an atrocious The refs story. were terrible. <laughs> the refs were so bad. Derek White had an and one that was clearly an and one oh, they waved off. Continuation makes wasn't no sense. Foul. Jalen Brown literally didn't even – he didn't even look to shoot. Like he was still pivoting around going into like some spin and they gave him a shooting foul. It was just a mess. But I'm, I, I'm glad we're talking about this and not the actual <laughs> basketball. Hold on. I have more on continuation. <laughs> There's no clear definition of what it is. Because Derek White, that that happened, and he did not get the call. Dame had the exact same play as Derek White, got the call. And then you had that Jalen one where he was spinning, and then it felt like it took four steps and then got the layup. It's like a catch in football. Like, it's just it, – it changes every single game, and I don't understand it. I think they normally do a pretty good job, but tonight was was not good. Sam Hauser got called for a foul when he was like 15 feet away from the action. <laughs> well, he wasn't anywhere close to the play. And uh, I guess that's when Bill Kennedy like walked over to the Celtics bench and everyone started applauding because they, 
they switched the foul off Sam Hauser. I don't know. That's what Derek White suggested after the game, but I, I'm not sure that's. I didn't that's even, I didn't even notice that in real time. You know, I was just up in my own little world up there, up on nine. Um, but good Celtics victory. What they needed to do after we haven't podcasted since it happened, but uh, just a debacle in, in Cleveland, highlighted by Grant Williams. Grant, I'll make them both. Williams. Uh, that, missing them both. That was like so good, so close to being such a good game for them. Like with no Tatum, no Al Horford, no Robert Williams on the second leg of a back-to-back after playing double overtime the night before. Like they just controlled the whole game until the final four minutes. Grant Williams was like very, very good. <laughs> he hit four threes in the second quarter, like had a really good game. Would have been a bounce back game for him. Steps to the line after a great offensive rebound to earn two free throws with 0.8 seconds left. Swears to Donovan Mitchell that he is going to make them both. Not once, not twice, at least three times. And uh, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't make them both. Didn't make either of them. And uh, Grant's. Let's get into the Grant stuff because that's probably the most interesting takeaway from tonight. Um, and the takeaway from the last few weeks here is Grant Williams is going through it. It's just a wild, wild shift for him because last week, DNP against the Cavs. I don't really remember what he did in the Nets game, but then he is in the closing lineup for the majority of that Knicks game. It's like one of the key five plays the entire of the double overtime. And I thought he played like pretty well, like had some huge blocks uh, down the stretch of that Knicks game. Um, I guess he's not hasn't been shooting as well from three. Then to have that game in Cleveland, like you said, playing very well, completely chokes down the end, and the, like then gets another DNP after that. That's five games where it's just like a complete whirlwind of uh, of NBA basketball. And then tonight, DNP for the first three quarters didn't seem like he was going to play if it was close, but the Celtics managed to build up a big enough lead, so then he got into the game, and then he was just chucking. Like, I guess that they've been on him to stop pump faking and be more aggressive from three. And tonight he was very aggressive from three because anytime he got even a slightly open look, he was chucking. That's what he said they want from him. Um, we talked to him before the game and he said that it made it funnier that he said he was going to make both. Of <laughs> which is which is objectively true. Yes. Objectively true. Yeah, that is I know brilliant that self-awareness. There were, <laughs> there were a lot of fans in my mentions that were mad about that comment. I did not see that until right now. That is 100% awesome. true that it did make it funnier. Like, absolutely. That was why he wasn't the butt of everyone's jokes because he missed the two free throws. People miss free throws all the time. Why he was the butt of the jokes was because he said <laughs> he was, was going to make them both. That he was going to make them both. I and wanted was, him to. And was caught on camera saying it. Oh yeah, I wanted him to get a free throw opportunity tonight because I thought it'd be funny. And he did, but it wasn't the same because it was on an and one, and there's only one free throw. If there was two free throws, no matter what happens in that first three free throw, is going to have a loud response from the crowd, either ironic cheering if he makes it, or very loud boos. The crowd kind of like gasped when yeah. he missed <laughs> the one tonight. Yeah, he did miss it, but it wasn't as big of a reaction as I was hoping for. As soon as he checked in the game, it was like, oh, he got it. has to get to the free throw line. Because now it's a six-game road trip, and everyone's going to forget about that in six games. Is it weird to you the ups and downs that he has experienced lately? 
No, because like, I feel you- like that's the hardest part about being a very successful player in the NBA is doing it consistently on every night. Like, a But lot I'm of- not talking about the ups and downs that he's gone through individually. Like, just the crazy mood swings about is he playing tonight? Is he playing 45 minutes? Is he getting a DMP? Like, it's, like the decision to treat him like that, basically? Just like he's gone up and down and just kind of had to deal with a lot lately, including those two free throws. Yeah, it, it seems tough to go from DNP to 45 minutes to choking and then going to DNP again. I don't know how you necessarily deal with that. A lot of the like classic cliches, just like be ready. A lot of the play, like Al Horford and Derek White were asked about Grant Williams after the game and they gave kind of cliches. I don't know. It seems like a pretty tough position to put him in. Um, and I think the question for more of a, like a team building uh, standpoint is like, does that help you when you're like trying to build habits towards the playoffs or like getting comfortable? Like, is it weird that we're just like going to have a different top seven guys every night? Or is like, is it better to have Grant Williams have like a clear role where he knows he's going to get minutes and isn't going to, you know, maybe get into his head if he like misses his first couple of shots. Yeah, and I don't know whether it's just because the Celtics are like, they have a new player in Mike Muscala. They are like getting guys. They haven't obviously been healthy every game, but like they're generally healthy with the exception of Robert Williams lately. Um, but Joe Missoula has not been very rigid with that rotation. Like he's switching bigs that he's using from Luke Cornett to Blake Griffin to Mike Muscala. Yeah, it was like random Blake Griffin tonight. And it was just like, is that purely him just playing the matchups? Is it him trying things? Because you're right. Like I feel like more teams that are successful in the NBA, like they have a pretty set rotation of like what they're going to do. And like the consistency is something that the guys can like build off of and like create habits that way. But especially with his bigs off the bench, there's just like Blake Griffin does play like one every two weeks. And it's, there's no, basically that should have been Grant's role in whatever the 15 minutes Blake played tonight. Like just how things generally operate in the NBA as like, he is the clear eighth man. Like, no reason to play the 11th man tonight, but Joe just kind of throws it to the wind. And it's, he usually says it's like matchup driven, but at what point do you kind of like build the guy's confidence, give them their role, no matter what the matchup is. Or maybe that's a point. Maybe the point is like, we're not going to need you every night in the playoffs and we need you to get used to playing sometimes like that. not that's playing fair. at all. And then bouncing back from that and excelling when your matchup. Is yeah. And I think with the bigs, especially, like Blake Griffin, Mike Muscala, and Luke Cornett are very different players. And depending on what you want on a given night, like any of them, I think, could be a substitution. Like Blake is going to come in and take charges. He's second on the team in charges taken. Um, like if you play, let's say, Giannis in a playoff series, you might put him out there early in the game, try to get a foul. If, if, you know, you, the big is laying back. You might put Muscala in the game to try to space the court. And so I think the bigs, like, they're just going to have to deal with with that. But And Grant might be some of the same stuff. Um, well, if they, if they play a team where they, like, don't – are not a very big team, 
it feels like it makes all sense in the world with the close with Derek White and play more of like the smaller lineups, one big um, with Horford or even when uh, Time Lord returns, just like playing one big with four kind of wings or guards around him. And so, yeah, maybe Grant just needs to get used to like, there's going to be some games for you and there's going to be some games that are not for you. And maybe, maybe Joe Missoula is playing, playing chess and everyone else is playing checkers. Who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I honestly don't know. And, uh, but you look forward to playoff matchups and like, he's going to be needed against Giannis, like his physicality, his positioning, his just, he's going to be needed in that matchup. If they play Joel Embiid, like it's going to be Al Horford most of the time. And then it's going to be Grant Williams because you don't want Robert Williams on that. You probably don't want Blake Griffin. You certainly don't want Mike Muscala or Luke. You Cornette. might, you might want Luke Cornell. Uh, Embiid was scared of Luke Cornell last time they played in the garden. I don't recall that. <laughs> I happening. was there. Saw it with my own eyes. But so the, the other two best teams in the conference, like Grant is going to be needed. And against the Cavs, like another the the fourth best team, like Grant got big minute. Oh, I guess he got well, a he D- got the DMP he against him. That the was first the matchup game. night. That was that the was matchup. Night. All right, so never mind then. Then so he, who, then he played. But then he plays. I guess uh, both Horford and uh, Tyler were out in that yeah. second one. So so it could be a thing where and like even the the Warriors series last year was like if they had other options that might not have been a series for him because. He's better on bigger physical players. He was. You just super, don't want him to be isolated helpful. and switched out on guards that often. He, he was can super do it. helpful throughout the playoffs. He like the diet of players that he defended was crazy. From Durant to Giannis to Bam Adebayo, like just just some of the very best players in the world, and Bam Adebayo. <laughs> <laughs> You just looked at me like you snuck one past me. You almost did. If you didn't give me did. that look, I just went and kept going. That's why I looked at it. Unnecessary Bam slander. I'm here for that it. That was totally unnecessary Bam slander. <laughs> he, he's he's very good too, just not at the level of Durant or Giannis. Um, That's good. But like the Warriors, I, I I forget how many minutes he played against them earlier this season, but they really cut his minutes against them in one of the, one of those games. And so like there will be matchups sometimes, I think, that he'll just have to handle playing fewer minutes. And he he's dealing with it now. Um, he's certainly getting his shots up whenever he steps on the court. Oh, yeah. He's he, it touches his fingertips and it's just gone. And that's, like, probably what you'll need if he's going to play in the playoffs is, like, you want him to have a quick trigger. You want people to, like, close out to him to provide because that's where he's most effective is when he's providing space. Um, but, like, thinking about how crucial kind of he was to – the team's playoff run last year. Again, he's the eighth man. And like the reason you go out and get a guy like Malcolm Brogdon is to kind of like, maybe you're not so reliant on uh, Grant Williams. And so I do expect them to kind of, when it comes to the playoffs, unless they're placing a team like a lot of size to rely on Brogdon and white to kind of play a lot of those bench minutes. Um, And that was all just a means of trying to segue to Malcolm Brogdon being one for 13 from the field tonight. He's the new king of the bunny smokers. That man can't make a layup to save his life. One of the worst res- uh, field goal percentages in the, uh, on the team in terms of in the restricted area. What's going on with that, Jay King? Uh, it is weird. <laughs> it's very bizarre. He misses a lot of layups. He misses a lot of layups. So, some of them are just like ambitious attempts. There was one, especially, I think he got blocked on tonight. 
I think he was he was going in with the left hand and it was like, why are you even trying that, bro? Um, but he's also one of the few Celtics who can like get into the paint and do it to and score create, on his own and, and create his own offense and just get like to the foul line. Only so himself. You got to live with it. And normally he's, despite the some of the layup layup struggles, he's been very efficient. And he's shooting over fifty percent from three. So that yeah. So. Basically, you, same you, percentage from three and from two, which is kind of wild. It, but tonight was definitely a weird Malcolm Brogdon night. Um, I didn't necessarily anticipate that. I, I also want to just note that Joe Mazzulla's war on layups <laughs> and missed layups. He's just as upset as we are. Funny, has been funny. So, I mean, t- tonight he's like, why don't you ask me when we miss layups? Well, because they're layups, man. Because <laughs> they're layups. Because um, it's obvious that people decide to shoot layups. It's not obvious that you shoot as many. But I will as say, not to disparage the dumbass Celtics writers out there, <laughs> but like they need to shoot threes. They need to be a jump shooting team. They are not going to get to the rim a ton. They are not going to draw a ton of free throws. They need to shoot a bunch of fucking threes to turn the math in their favor. So I'm sure he, he probably wants to tell us all we're morons when he continuously gets questions about their three-pointers. Well, because it's the easiest question to ask when you missed a bunch of threes. It's like, probably shouldn't have done that tonight, huh? And he's <laughs> so he's right. Same with the like, layups. Probably, probably shouldn't have missed all those shots and done all those turnovers, right, Joe? Yeah. I should start asking more questions. Now that I'm on this side of the podium, I, you know what? I, I feel like it's, it's not as scary. You feel the power now. Yeah. No you're looking out at the empty press conference seats where the writers, the dumbass writers would sit. And I could be one of those dumbasses if, if only wasn't such a coward. You could be one of the dumbasses. Um, but, yeah, the uh, – what was his quote tonight? Just because you're closer doesn't mean it's easier to score, which is pretty true sometimes, and which is why rim reads are so important. He was big on the rim reads tonight. He's talking He's about – He's always been big on the rim reads. They keep track of, like, percentage of right reads at the rim. And he said they had, the Celtics had good ones tonight, where previously in the, the, like when they were giving up these big runs, having bad ones, which led to them being bad on transition defense, which makes sense. They were pretty good in transition night. I think that's what Missoula said. Like, the first thing he credited the win with was just, like, them getting back on defense, which he credits to making the right rim read. Yeah, and I, I thought there was a stretch. In the second quarter, where the Celtics couldn't score, they missed like nine straight three-pointers, and Portland didn't make any headway. Well, because they stink. Well, yes, because (laughs) they stink, but also because the Celtics continued to defend even while missing three after three after three after three. So the transition defense was definitely better. Um, Now they go on the road. Six-game road trip. Atlanta, Houston, Minnesota – Portland and Utah on a back-to-back, then two glorious days off in beautiful downtown Sacramento. It was kind of funny. Malcolm Brogdon, after the Cleveland game, was kind of like, yeah, we expect to win all six of those. (laughs) (laughs) I like that confidence. It it wasn't quite a guarantee, but it was just like, yeah, like, you've seen the teams we're playing out west? Like, we should beat them. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. He's not wrong, though. None of those Sacramento's teams are good. Second in the West. Sacramento is the best team there, but they have two days off as long. But or- Utah is back-to-back in Utah with the altitude, and they play like a tough from Portland to Utah, it's a sneaky, uh, kind of a far flight there. It could be a rough one. Utah plays uh, grit and grind basketball. Yeah, that's not like an easy team to play on the second night of a back-to-back. So we'll see about that one. It does feel like this is a very important road trip, though. Um, given the games that they've coughed up recently and really coughed up like the the leads they were giving up. To give up an 11-point lead in four minutes in Cleveland, like as well as they played the rest of the game, as many guys as they were missing, that was just despicable. Lamar Stevens had like five key offensive rebounds in crunch time. Just like, just just box out the dude who's playing hard. <laughs> just box out the one exhausted. dude who's playing hard. Yeah, they were probably really tired. Marcus Smart, who I don't think I've ever heard him say he's tired, was like, I was exhausted. Like, we were really fucking tired out there, which makes sense. They had played 95 <laughs> minutes, some of them, uh, over a two-night span, which is a lot of fucking minutes. A lot of fucking minutes. Um, what is your prediction for the, the West Coast road trip? I was just thinking that. you got to beat Atlanta and the Coach Killer and Trey Young, although that's always a feel like a sneaky game. Um, Houston, you have to beat because— Why is that always a sneaky game? 
I don't know. Trey Young's just annoying. I don't like Trey Young. I think is basically what I was trying to say, but it wasn't eloquent enough. He's good and capable of scoring a lot of points, but generally the Hawks have been quite bad this year. They should win it absolutely, but they should they should not give up eleven point leads with four minutes left. So who knows? I think it's interesting is like Missoula pointed out and talking about like their habits this year is like they've had these long winning streaks or just like good records, and then they've kind of had these downturns, and then they've responded. And it's like sometimes they get out of their habits and it takes a while to adjust. And I feel like the road trips is like good opportunity, at least early on, playing against not very good teams to kind of like get back to the habits of when, you know, when they're actually playing good basketball uh, and not giving up giant leads every night. And so it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. It's a long way of saying I think they're going to go forward two on the road trip. I think I'd trust Malcolm Brogdon. <laughs> Six and oh. Six and oh. You expect them to win every game? Malcolm does. <laughs> Malcolm will does. will Robert Williams be back for the Utah game because Al Horford's going to take that night off, and you need someone to play. That Walker would be my Kessler. guess. Yeah, because w- when did he get hurt? I'm looking at the the, the schedule Nets right now. Game. So that would be how many days? Counting is tough. <laughs> well, one week down. Counting is We're tough. looking at a calendar right now. That would be seven. Yeah, no, he'll he'll probably be back before that. Because it was seven to ten days from that. So he'll be back before that. Oh, game. that'd be a full two weeks. Yeah. Uh, so maybe he'll play w- one game before that, then sit out the front of that back-to-back. They need to They need to get their starting lineup back together. They've only played 81 minutes together this season. and I know they played a ton of minutes last season. They played a lot in the playoffs. They played some super high leverage situations with that group. But they really need to just like figure things out as a full team with their full rotation. And like it just that feels essential um, for for Joe to decide on lineups for that starting five to kind of get the groove back together. For the most part, they've been awesome defensively with Horford and Robert Williams on the court. But this numbers for the starting lineup like in their very insanely small sample size has not been like dominant or anything like that. They have a real opportunity with whatever 15 games left to like one make ground in the standings but two more importantly probably just like get I think Tatum said it the other day get his groove back uh get the team's groove back like they their schedule is pretty easy. We mentioned the six game road trip but then they have games against Pacers, Spurs, Wizards and they basically have two tough games left against the Bucks and the Sixers. But they finish out with two games against Toronto, who's not going to be playing for anything. Like, there's a real opportunity to make up ground, and it starts on the six-game road trip where they're playing. The best team they're playing is is the Kangs. Um, and who knows? Maybe two days in Sacramento. Maybe they'll go to the bar where you can see a mermaid uh, swimming in it. Have you ever been to that bar in Sacramento? No. Well, you have – Plenty of opportunity when you go out this week to go to the mermaid. A mermaid, bar. yeah. So you're like you're sitting at the bar, and then above there's like a pool, and there's like women swimming around with like mermaid tails on. Not real mermaids, Jay. You're looking at me like it was possibly real mermaids. Real women or fake? real women? What? What kind of bar is this? Mermaid bar, bro. You gotta go when you're on Sacramento. For uh, that sounds like a weird place. It's right. It's like two, uh, two blocks from the stadium. Probably not somewhere I'll be visiting. 
I don't think Sacramento has much more to offer than that. You're going to be there for a while. That Bush motherfucker better stay away from me, though. <laughs> My Bush motherfucker. The guy who dresses up as a Bush and jumps <laughs> out at people. He he jumped out at me one time. I almost fought the guy who dresses as a Bush. <laughs> like, what type of asshole does that? I think you just have – you when you walk down the street, people come want to attack you. I've been walking down the street with you in San Francisco, and a man on a on a dog's leash started barking at you. Yeah, he was dressed as a dog, <laughs> and he was barking at us. So I think you just kind of bring that out in people. We just wanted some jack-in-the-box. <laughs> and we got it. We did get the jack-in-the-box, but not without having to avoid a human dog. That's true. What's uh, your junk? Now I got that, junk, we're into the junk dating door. back to the Cavs game in which the Celtics won at home first. We were sitting next to each other that game, and you finally realized that Crazy Train is a, a terrible song to play before a Celtics game, and I just commend you on that. Thank you. Thank you. Very vocal celebrations from the Cavs play-by-play guy, like fist pump on the radio guy. Yeah, he fist hoo-gah! <laughs> like, he was like, into it. He was really into it. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to the hero among us that night, Adolfo Molina. He's the guy who hopped out of the like the car and saved someone on the highway. That yeah, was that, that was a tr- that, that was, was a hero. He was literally running alongside the car on the highway. That that takes gumption. Yeah, no, he he was he was getting up and got it. It was uh, shouts to him. Uh, there was a moment, an entire timeout during that Cleveland game, where just Mike Muscala was just grooving to some tunes, just like bobbing his head, just like really into it. No one else around him. He was just in the zone, uh, and I just appreciated that. It was, this was, is like week old junk. I know, but I did. I forgot it last time because I forgot to open my computer, but now I got it. Let's go with weak old junk then, I guess. Replay guy in that game got some credit for uh, for getting the replay right. Matt Reynolds. Matt Reynolds, then, yeah. But, the, whole team was, the whole team was giving him a... Well, we can't give him too much credit because then he came back the next game and Donovan Mitchell got fouled. And that was the reason the Celtics didn't have a timeout to advance it to midcourt was because Matt Reynolds called for the challenge. It was unsuccessful. And so Peyton Pritchard had to try to go 94 feet, which was, yeah, let's talk about that for a second, because that was kind of interesting. Joe Joe Mazzola was like, you know what, bro? You haven't really played in weeks, (laughs) but there are five seconds left and you're fast. And uh, let's just throw you out there and see what happens. Hey, well, and then he got hurt. What else? Well, I guess and then he hurt. got hurt. I don't think he got hurt because of that decision. No, he very <laughs> directly got hurt because of that decision because it was that one play that he got hurt on. Okay. He he almost made it though. And he set up Grant for a game where like it, it worked it, it worked, worked pretty well. pretty well. It was, it was a, a good, good decision by Joe Mazzula to do it. Bad then, decision by Peyton Pritchard to get injured. I told I was talking to Peyton Pritchard about it after the game and I was uh I told him it was kind of like the Tyus Edney play, and he looked at me like, who the fuck is Tyus Edney? And I was like, yeah, that's probably before your time. But if anyone wants to look up Tyus Edney's game winner, I forget what year that was, but it was definitely before Peyton Pritchard's time. <laughs> did you show him the winner, or did you just move on? No, I just moved on. Uh. Just moved on. As will we. Random ice sculpture before the Celtics-Nets game commemorating the, the day. No explanation why. They also had the the fire. My guess would be that they thought that was going to be a big game against KD and Kyrie. And they pre-ordered an ice sculpture? I mean, those things, you can't just fucking get them overnight delivered. (laughs) Oh, that was uh, was a thing. Um, Why doesn't anyone call Julius Randle Orange Julius? 
I don't even know that reference. It's a store. It used to be in malls. They would sell like orange smoothies, orange Julius. It's a, yeah, I'm not really a smoothie guy. Are you a mall guy? Do you used to no, hang out at the mall? I'm not a mall what did you guy. do when you were like 14? You just got buckets. You're gonna say you just <laughs> I just got buckets. I was I was out there hooping. Fair enough. I was at the Springfield Jewish Community Center getting buckets. Uh, working on my game. During the Knicks game, I walked past J.J. Redick and Richard Jefferson. At halftime, they were both wearing suits, and J.J. Redick was wearing, like, holding a suitcase, and uh, they were, like, really talking, like, very intensely to each other. You Good probably story. won't you probably won't get this reference, but it really felt like we were in an episode of uh, The West Wing with a nice walk and talk. It was like NBA walk and talk. A lot of bad references tonight. <laughs> West Wing is like a universally beloved show. So Not universally, uh, but... We'll move on. There's a guy every night who wears a T-shirt that, like, usually has a slogan, a bad pun about the team against the Knicks game. His T-shirt just said, I got nothing, which I thought was funny. Um, Giannis tried to throw a triple-double to himself, and the league said no. Getting to tonight's junk. We already talked you about You just threw, threw out junk that wasn't even related to the Celtics. It's on the, it's on the document. What about Kevin Durant hurting his ankle in layup he, line? He, his ankle was on the floor. Like, I'm surprised his leg didn't snap. That was kind of wild. My uh, one of my college teammates did that once. I thought he was the only player ever to do it. He got hurt fucking layup line, slipping on something or just like landing wrong. He uh, he just landed wrong on his ankle. It was almost the exact same thing that happened with Durant, and uh, it was just hysterical. That's what happens when you go two and twenty-two. <laughs> oh, Skidmore, not 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 great. Shane Sharp can jump. He had a horrible over-the-back call where he just basically rebounded the ball over Derek White. I thought it was a terrible call because he just dominated Derek White. In the locker room before the game, the Celtics were watching film of the Blazers. <laughs> there was a play at, at the end of the third quarter. It must have been their previous game against Atlanta, or one of their previous games at least. And Shaden Sharp, they were down five. Like it was a close game with a minute left in the third quarter. And he was on the break, and someone threw him an alley-oop, and he tried to fucking win <laughs> and missed. And uh, I will not say which Celtics player it was, but he rewound it and made sure that everyone saw that play. And <laughs> they enjoyed that one. Well, he can, he can jump so high that there was a he was jumping for a defensive rebound and was just like hovering around the rim, and the ball bounced again, and he had to call for passing interference just because he was hanging out there too, too long. The man could j- jump out the gym. He should have yeah. been in the dunk contest. He can I think fly. he got hurt. Derek White's really good at catching the ball on the run. Not enough people are talking about that. Guy's always in motion when he's catching That's it. yak. He's a good yak. Guy. Yeah, he's got great yak. Already talked about Malcolm being the new bunny smoker. Oh, Sam Hauser was booed thoroughly for saying that if he had one meal for the rest of his life, it'd be medium well steak. That is a wild fucking move. Medium well? I don't even like steak that much, but like to order the worst form of steak there is. Like the, all the best steaks I've had have always been rare, and I'm not like, not a big steak guy. But to just get like dried out, gross steak as your go to move, it was he should have been booed. It must be is that a Midwestern thing? Like I don't. I feel do like savages from Wisconsin just do that. I think just Sam Hauser does that. Al Horford, ninth all time in career made threes by a Celtics passing. Isaiah Thomas. I just well, – I wasn't prepared for that. thought that was pretty wild. He's made a lot of threes. As he said, that's just the way the game has changed. Who's next on the list? I have no fucking idea. Avery Bradley. And then the rest are all Hall of Famers. Uh, Marcus Smart's up there. That's – I said what I said. <laughs> 
Uh, there was a Mo Money, Mo Problems mashup with the Chainsmokers song, which I didn't care for. I saw your tweet. That wasn't good either. Uh, well, that was just insulting. Um, there, did you see the guy at the end of the game? He gets put on the Jumbotron just carrying two beers down the, uh, the stairs. He doesn't realize what's going on. Suddenly he realizes on him. Holds up the two beers. Everyone cheers. Puts the two beers down and then just dances. And he gets the entire timeout just because he's he's killing it. That guy is ready to play. Not everyone that gets put, put on a show. Not everyone gets put on the jumbotron and immediately you can tell they're a star when it goes into two camera mode and then four camera mode. That he, guy was he had ready. The crowd captivated. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, Brandon Ingram uh, on the bench today. He actually got hurt in the first half. Changed into street clothes, and then there was just a, a video of him uh, just biting Jose Alvarado's shoulder. What's up with that? Have you seen the video? No. I'll show it to you now. Do you have any junk while I pull up the video? No, you just had fucking. Three you had weeks, no observations. Three weeks worth, so I uh, I'll save the people. What is what is this? He really did bite his elbow. <laughs> he took him or his, his shoulder. shoulder. He took like a hard bite. Like the and from the reaction, he actually bit the guy. That is strange. It's very weird behavior on the bench, especially when it could be tell like that. No wonder they've fallen apart. You just don't bite people. You shouldn't be biting people. That's just yeah. That that is not funny. It's not. There's there's no excuse for that type of behavior. I I don't know what to make of it, but it makes me. Scared of Brandon Ingram? I don't know what it says about his basketball playing, but I just—it's not someone I want to sit on the bench next to. But yeah, I guess you'll never be on an NBA bench anyway. <laughs> Might be, just not while the game's going on. If if you and Nick Friedman are having a chat before the game, <laughs> no, I'm not even allowed on the court anymore. We have to do a—we have to have a chat two two rows removed from the court, so I can't even get on the bench anymore. Sad times. Yeah, I guess. I guess being a peasant sucks. <laughs> Well, to end on that fun, sour note, uh, Celtics win against the Blazers. They're about to go on the six-game road trip. Jay King is going on the latter half of the road trip, so you'll have live. Four games. Four Ladder games. 66. Two-thirds, some might say. Uh, that's not exact. It's rounded. actually points. Uh, yeah, it's rounded. It's important. There's a line over that seven there. Uh, so you'll have live reporting from from the road. Hopefully, you do go to the Mermaid Bar in Sacramento. Uh, the fans want to hear the like see you at the uh, Mermaid Bar. If you could podcast from the Mermaid Bar, that'd be ideal. Unlikely. Where's your sense of whimsy and adventure? I mean, I've been scared of mermaids <laughs> since since Ursula. Ursula was a scary I was, bitch. I was not thinking of fear uh, was the the main thing. Ursula to, was a scary bitch. She wasn't even that would be a real. She wasn't tough. even a mermaid. She was an octopus, right? Whatever the fuck yeah, that's the toughest thing for you. If you lost your voice, you wouldn't be able to talk. That would be devastating. Fucking Ursula, man. That that probably was scary. <laughs> All right. Did not see this coming, finishing with Ursula. But I, something gets weird with these in-person podium pods. Last episode, we ended with Nickelback and Creed. This episode, we ended with Ursula. Um, I think that's just goes to show you that anything is possible! Dear Lord, that's even worse in person.